Hey, and welcome to Tomorrow. I'm your host, Joshua Topolsky. Today on the podcast, we discuss French New Wave, NAFs, and the penis size of video game characters. But first, a word from our sponsor. This episode of Tomorrow with Joshua Topolsky, which is who's me, uh, is brought to you by Wealthfront. Wealthfront is a low-cost automated investment service that makes it easy to invest your money the right way. It works 24-7. That's, by the way, in case you're wondering, it's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. To manage your portfolio, keeping it diversified, customized to your risk profile, which for me would be very high risk, and optimizing its trading behavior to keep your tax bill low, all without ever charging commissions. Whether you've got millions or billions or you're just starting out, Wealthfront is the most sophisticated way to invest your money. To sign up and get your free personalized investment portfolio, go to Wealthfront.com slash tomorrow. Are you a tech professional searching for a new company to share your tech skills with? I mean, or any skills? Then you should check out Hired. Hired connects talent with top tech companies. On Hired, software engineers and designers can get five plus interview requests in a week. And since they work with over 2,500 companies from startups to large public companies and employers from 12 major tech hubs in North America and Europe, you're bound to find the right position for you. If you use our special link, Hired.com slash podcast to sign up, they'll double the bonus that you get when you accept a job. That's right. They'll double the $2,000 thank you bonus they normally give out when you sign up at Hired.com slash podcast. So that's $4,000 of sweet, sweet thank you money. If you're not looking for a job but know someone who is, you can refer them to Hired and get a $1,337 bonus when they accept a job too. So what are you waiting for? I mean, seriously, like, what are you doing that's so important that you can't check out Hired.com slash Tomorrow Podcast right now? The answer, by the way, to that question is nothing. My guest today is an old friend, an amazing man, a talented internet personality, a blogger, a journalist, a gamer, uh, the former editor of Joystick, editor-in-chief, the current editor-in-chief of Polygon.com, the owner of that cat that you just heard, or a baby. I don't know what that sound was. It's a cat. My guest is Chris Grant. Hi, Josh. Chris, welcome to the show. Josh, this is like... Um, I want to set this... St- go ahead. This is like a class reunion, I feel it like. Really, it really is. Chris and I have known each other a long time. We have not talked in a long time, actually. It's been a long time, yeah. It's been a really long time. But I want to preface... Like, I want to start... Before we get into that, because we are going to get into it, I want to say that uh, we both... We have put our children to bed. We have brand relatively new children, very close in age, and uh, they're both asleep now. I'm at home. You're at home. Yep. Uh, where it's post-Thanksgiving. And I'm, I just want to say this because I know Magnus is going to give me shit about it. And I'm sure the fans out there, the, the audiophile fans, all six of them, uh, are going to hear this and say, what the fuck is that echo? I'm in my office at home and it's very echoey. And I'm not going to make any excuses for it. I'm standing outside Josh's office window. Yeah. So it's not as echoey. No, but... the, sound, the sound is actually amazing. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I didn't just go out there with another mic made a big mistake at any rate so uh so we haven't talked to each other in a long time we've had a lot of things happen uh i think the biggest thing what i, I guess would be the children that i just mentioned yeah it's like they're human 
and <laughs> it's bizarre. Well, I, a human with like air quotes around it. There are they certain don't, days. They don't act, they don't act like yeah. straight up today, inhuman. Oh yeah, today was an inhuman day. <laughs> yeah, uh, we, we were supposed to record this podcast uh, eight, literally almost a, almost a dot eight hours ago. Yeah, we're very punctual, plus eight hours. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so thank you. So my, my son's name's Lauren. Thank you, Lauren, for refusing to nap because you fell asleep in the car for f- literally five minutes. L O R E N. L O R E N. This is a thing. We were talking about this. Chris and I were talking about this. This is a thing that happens. Well, maybe not to all babies, maybe. To, or to toddlers because they're toddlers now. Yeah, How old is about, Lauren? How old is Lauren? He's twenty months. Okay, so Zelda is twenty-two months. Twenty, yeah, roughly twenty-two months. Um, but there's this thing where you like you start napping them in the middle of the day, and if in certain situations, if they like fall asleep for even like literally if their eyes closed for one minute, it nullifies their ability to actually take a nap. That's it. <laughs> it's it's a one time use card. It's like you- it's like they're like no, I, I'm good, I'm good. You know, there's like a person who drinks like who has like a, a who drinks two six packs, <laughs> and they have one cup of black coffee, and they're like, I'm good, I'm good to go. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it's bizarre. Like. We'll drive home, and I'll be looking back in that, that, you know, the crappy plastic mirrors they have that you hang over your car seat. I'm looking back, I'm like, don't you, don't close those eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't you close them. I'll put someone in the back seat sometimes to keep the the child from sleeping. You know, like, Laura, I'll be like, Laura, get in the, you can't sit up here because if this, if this baby falls asleep, (laughs) our day is fucked up. (laughs) Our lives. It's like it jettisons it to the it really it really is the word. and then they're not normal it's like by the way and i know this is boring everybody wants to hear us talk about fallout 4 or whatever but i'm just gonna say it's then they're not like normal kids they're like very animalistic upset they don't know why they're bothered it's the things same. are not normal they're falling over they're getting they're high falling over it's yeah. like getting high they're all like they're all yeah. fucked up they're yeah. all like cracked mm. out on no sleep mm. And uh, so, so we went to the Please Touch Museum and just... What? He, yeah, please, please Touch Museum? Great museum that, in Philly. I'm, I'm going to have to go ahead and assume that everything there can be touched. So the weirdest thing is that there are actually display cases with things behind glass that you can't touch. That's fucking think, bullshit. I'm sorry. That's bullshit. I think it's bullshit. It's also way off brand. I think y'all should just get rid of this. Like, don't even have them. Why bother? Yeah. yeah. It's, um, like, it's either rubber or no rubber. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. So we just went there, and it was like, dude, yeah, I know what that means, unleash honestly. the beast. Just go I think wild. I think that's like a sex thing, but I'm not really sure. Rubber, no rubber? Oh, yeah. I think, yeah, no, I think you are talking about sex stuff. That's yeah, weird. Yeah. Wrap it up or don't wrap it up. <laughs> I wear a Jimmy hat all the time. Put personally. a wrinkle on it is what, yeah. I, what, is what <laughs> I always say. Personally. Jimmy hat. Are people still saying that? <laughs> that's definitely a, a modern contemporary People thing. are definitely still saying that. Teens are talking about Jimmy hats all the time. Anyhow, what were you? Oh, the, you went to the Do Please Touch Museum. It's the Please Touch Museum. Yeah. It's just like, how long were you there? How many hours? They closed. I would have been there like another hour. It's just a place you can go. <laughs> They're like, six, like, five o'clock, we're closed. You're like, please stay open. I need more three hour. more hours. And you just like, un, like literally just go beast out. Yeah. <laughs> go hulk out on that this That sounds great. Museum. I got to take Zelda there, man. It's a good museum. That sounds Philly. cool. We'll hang out. Anyhow, so this is like a class reunion because we've spent the last couple of years doing kids. Did, did you hear that beep? Whatever. I'm not even going to get benefit about it. this. Okay, good. Uh, I think if you heard a beep, I mean, Magnus is going to kill me for the quality of this audio, but you know what? I don't care. It's, it's, I, I just you know spent, I just did like a six day Thanksgiving family event. It's so holiday I, weekend. Yeah. We're, we're in dad mode. Yeah. You're just trying to get, you're just I'm having, to get a, the I'm having a Corona extra. Whoa. What's the, what is the added part of the Corona? What do they put in there? 
They added the beer additional extra. I think extra. the extra is the they're beer. They're like Corona. They're like, hey, the Corona's ready to get it. Foreman's like, hold on. I'm drinking. What just, else? Just here's how you know that I'm for real yeah, after you're a real. hard day with the kids. I'm I'm drinking a double Bach. I don't. Here's the thing. I would be having like a vodka or whiskey, but I, I was like, I'm not going to drink because I'm so tired. I was actually having a cup of coffee. I actually have a cup of coffee, but then I came out to the, the – my, my office at home is behind the garage. And um, – as all man caves should be. And uh, I have a refrigerator out here that we actually bought just for Thanksgiving, a second refrigerator. And I remember there were beers in it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to grab a beer. And all that we had in there was, was Corona. I'm not, I like Corona. Don't get me wrong. I'm very bad when it comes to beer. But I would be having a hard liquor drink. But that's it. you know, whatever. Magnus will edit that little excuse out. And I'll, sound, I'll still sound like a cool guy. <laughs> I'm not judging. <laughs> I feel like somewhere you're judging. But okay, a little bit, yes. Anyhow, so we've been busy. Uh, uh, obviously, uh, I've been doing things. You've been doing things. Polygon has been... I, it's my only... By the way, my go-to. My only thing I read for game information. Thank you, sir. Uh, you know, I disagree with everything you write, but I read it anyhow. It's like Fox. You're like the Fox News of games I mean, Here's to me. the thing. <laughs> if you want to get your SJW agenda on, yeah. you've got one-stop shop. You come to polygon.com. I got to get reports back to the rest of the Gamergate community about what's going on in the, yeah. the world of SJWs. So I'm like, you won't believe what they wrote on Polygon today. I mean, bad news. So the national SJW meetings tomorrow. Oh. So I can't actually give you any like scoops Come ahead on. of time. Give I have some something. ideas just based on the agenda. They I'm like, they around. had a woman, a woman wrote a game review on there. You're not going to believe this. Yeah. Pl- didn't like the game. You that, know, that was that your headline. A you woman wrote a game review. You won't believe what happened next. <laughs> yeah. and, and that was. So that I'll, was I'll tell you what about... happened next. I'll tell you what happened next. Lack of a uh, lack of ethics. That was no that, ethics. I mean, no ethics. Clickbait equals mm. no ethics plus mm. SJW. So those people are the, they are actually the worst people. Yeah. SJW. Like am I right? I feel, like yeah, the SJWs. I feel like there's the I feel like there's a. I feel like you know it's like it's like uh, when I think about the gamer gay people, I think. These are just people who need help. They're actually like, they're people with problems. And I should definitely, uh, I should endeavor to help them in some way. There's definitely a thread there that is like sad. There's a thread there that is part of an extent, like a growing and increasingly hostile culture war. Yeah. That it shouldn't be surprising that. It feels like Donald Trump is like the head gamer gator, right? You know, like uh, if they st- had a president, so it's Donald Trump. Straight up, that is not that off base. I feel it's like not right. His views and their of, views align pretty closely. But it's also part of the same media bashing culture. Where Donald Trump doesn't like something somebody says. It's yeah. ethics. Yeah, these guys are unethical, and they're these just guys out for clicks. They say whatever they want. Um, so it's the same. Like, it like John Travolta. I don't know who that. You was. know, reactionary, right wing, very conservative, and I mean conservative in like the. Sort of fundamental sense of like, yeah, m- make America great again, make gaming yeah. great again. Like, yeah, this super back to basics yearning um, <laughs> for like 19, 1950s America. Yeah, well, 1950s America was, was great. Games. Remember, there was no was crime, games. there was no racism, everything was perfect. It was if you were an a amazing white time. Christian, if you're a white Christian, everything was Wait, fucking amazing. Who, who isn't a white Christian? <laughs> that's a good, that's Josh, a good what? Who I think, I think. Call me, call me crazy. Maybe other. I didn't know other people have said this. I just feel like Donald Trump and Gamergate and these like young uh, white like shooters. I mean, basically all of the worst of America is just like the death throes of conservative thought and and right like sort of Christian right wing agenda and policy. Like I think that like we are 
unfortunately for for all of the people who don't want this like all of the the fascists and the assholes we are steadily moving towards a more progressive liberal outlook on like society and the world and like maybe this is my optimistic viewpoint i'm not saying that because i've got like some dog in this hunt is that the way is that the right expression i think that works because i have a ball in this game or whatever it is because like honestly i'm gonna live my life and you're gonna live your life i just think that the trend line is that kids growing up today like my child your child are gonna grow up in a world that is so radically progressive and liberal and open and different than the world that even was existed 20 years ago that like this shit is over that shit is over my big frustration with that whole th- thing in general is is the dishonesty in it where it's not about <laughs> actually. Um, it's not about ethics and games journals. It's about it's about like Wait, everything whoa, whoa, else. Whoa, 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 whoa! It's not. But actually, it is. Um, it's, it's about all this other stuff, and it's like that's okay. Just say that. Just say the thing you mean, and right. I can still disagree with you. Say you hate women. Just get it, it out. I would say it's not even that. I think a lot of them do. I think some of them don't. I think it is literally about a frustration with the idea that progressive politics and that criticism belongs in gaming it's a frustration with that criticism belongs everywhere i think this idea absolutely agree we've we've i mean we oh god laura and i talk about this all the time i think we're at this weird point in culture and by the way this is this is pushed by the biggest i mean buzzfeed is actually one of the purveyors of this idea that like critique is bad i mean i like buzzfeed they do some things that are good some things are a lot of things i do not agree with but they have pushed this agenda of like no haters and like somehow like we've a we've we've like merged this idea of like hate and criticism in popular culture where it's like if you say something negative or something critical then you are like bashing it it's like you're not actually it's actually not always the case that you're bashing a lot of times you're actually saying argument that strong healthy criticism in fact celebrates a medium and that it it doesn't have to do with whether or not you like a certain thing or not but the medium itself benefits from healthy criticism. No, it's of I mean it's to me it's like the greatest form of cheerleading is that you give a shit so much about yep. something that you've sat down and created some articulate thought where you're like I'm disappointed or let down or or upset because this thing didn't do what it I felt like it needed to do. And by the way, it's all a debate. It's all an opinion. It's not like this is an empirical like my criticism of something is some empirical fact. Why do you want but to censor like, people? But the space, but the space, the space needs to be there. It needs to exist, and I think that like if we lose criticism and it's in the form that it needs to exist, and we've lost some like vital component of human expression. I'll say this: I like to criticize my kid sometimes. He's the worst. But the I, also, I like I can him. tell you. You know what? Fact, I've only I- seen him on Instagram. I can tell you. I got, I got a lot of. I've written several ten thousand word screeds. Well, he's trouble. <laughs> uh, I'll actually use I'll use the other L word. I love him. But wow. I'll criticize that little dude. Oh my god. I love him so much. Today today Zelda had a tantrum and I was just like, what the fuck? Like what do, what the fuck is it are you doing? Like what do you want? Like I just can't because sometimes it's like you're so stupid. It's like I don't know what you you know, yeah, like Zelda no does idea. some of the dumbest things I've ever seen a person do. You know, I know she doesn't know. Here's, here's Lauren's big t- tantrum that is now. Every day. Yeah, he wants to play in the sink. He wants yeah. to put water into a cup and dump the cup into another cup and then oh, dump that he, water. Can I ask you a question? Is he in Montessori school? No, oh, no. that's a Montessori thing. Is it really? Yeah, they do that. They like transfer water between cups. He's super into transferring water. It's between cool cups. though. It's a cool. That's a great skill. It. Why don't you let him develop it? I don't understand why you're because he wants to dump it all over himself. Classic. Before. 
And if at any point you decide, you know what, I don't want to be in our kitchen for another half hour watching you dump water. Let's go into the other room. Meltdown. Instant, just supreme meltdown. So he doesn't, his, his brain is so small. It is, it is actually physically small. I mean, if you, if you really get in there, if you just really, you know, take a, get an x-ray or something. I cracked it open, took a look at small. I mean, I feel like you're a suppressive person in that scenario. I'm an SP. You're an SP and he's trying to be like an operating level Phaeton. Right. And, you know, what level? We don't know. But the point is that you're suppressing. You're suppressing. Tell me which level. Yeah. He needs to move you out of his, his world space i think that's actually there's probably some accuracy there however legally speaking <laughs> yeah he can't, he can't he can't and also how would he ever eat or get clothes on i mean you know he thinks I mean, he can he sure, has no idea sure you have a partner but i'm just saying let's say that both suppressive because you're obviously both suppressive people he learned the word snacks and he thinks he just runs the world now oh man snacks snacks i know this is boring to people who don't have kids to people who have kids they're like they're nodding their head. Yeah. I know because because all children are basically the same. They all want the same things. They all do the same things. Josh, I figure the people listening want some red meat. They just know. want us to get into the good stuff, which is we're, I think we're giving them a little of everything. It's video games. This reminds me. We're going to talk about video games. This reminds me of the Thanksgiving dinner I just had. You know, we had a big spread, lots of different things on the plate. If you guys saw Josh's Instagram, it looks like he had like a. Maybe like a delegation over? I actually was having, I was hosting the UN uh, delegates. Yeah. Hosting all the UN delegates. No, I had 24 people for Thanksgiving. Do you guys do Thanksgiving or do you go somewhere? We, we've never done it here before. So, so we moved recently. Did you? Yeah. Did, did I you tell move, you that? Did you, did you move to that moved? house? Did you move to that house that, uh, wait, did you move out of Philly? No, we're still in Fishtown. Same okay. neighborhood too. Oh, Fishtown. I lived there. But we moved Back to in the day before it was hip. That's true. I was a pioneer in Fishtown. You should have stayed. I only, I only lived there for six months because it was so miserable. Um, so we moved to a new place. We we still have the old place. But um, did you get like a? I remember you were like. I mean, this is now. This is just some just guys talking. You were, I remember you were looking at some like big old like Victorian. Uh, I don't. Victorian I think maybe I showed or, you that place. We didn't get that place. No, we got another place that's really nice. It's got a garage, kind of carriage house out back. And, oh uh, yeah, yeah. Now are you renting that or are you parking yeah. a car? So we're, well, we're. It's Both. just a, it's a wreck right now. So we're okay. going to re I'll show you pictures of, I'm going to show you while we're having this discussion, I'm going to mm-hmm. send you, I'm going to text okay. you an okay. image. Great. That'll make a beeping sound on my, can I do, I'm going to do a, uh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, I'm going to drop into this do not disturb mode. That's oh, I'm going to do. Can I text, can I give you text? You can, you can text me, but I'm just going to do not disturb. Can I give you TXTs if I, yeah, yeah. That? Um, so by the way, I can't, t- I can't search for anything because I'm in my office. I have my keyboard my like real keyboard in front of me. I'm just gonna give you a little taste. If I were to search for anything that we're talking about right now. Oh, oh, I've like, seen your keyboard. Like suppressive person. This, it would sound like, it would sound like you're popping um, the packing yeah, That's material. suppressive person. I typoed, but that's suppressive person. Often um, abbreviated SP is a term used in Scientology to describe the antisocial personalities who, according to Scientology's founder, L. Ron Hubbard, make up about 2.5% of the population. Oh. Hmm. So you're just another number yeah. on a page. Well, I've always said that about myself. <sighs> Anyhow. All right. What were you going to show me? I'm going to text you a picture of the place that we're looking to, to build behind our house. Ugh, I'm loving it. And it's going to be like, I mean, I don't know, whenever we get money, which is uh, T- TBD, I think oh. is what the kids say. I, I, I can think of ways you can get money. You, hey. You I, can think of, I can think of several ways you can get money right now. Really? I mean, a couple of ideas come to mind. Uh, yeah. Almost 
half of them are not non-sexual. Huh. You know, Did you, know you ever listen to you, uh, you Look Nice Today? Great podcast. And no. every episode would be about how they could maybe make some money. No. That's a good... That sounds fun, though. I should listen, I don't listen to enough podcasts. People are always like, what podcast oh do you listen to? I'm like, yeah, I don't really listen to that many. That podcast is such a classic, and I All love right, it I'll, so much. I'll listen to it. Um, Magnus but, keeps telling me to listen to Hardcore History. That's his like favorite podcast. Yeah, that's a good after, one. After this one, I assume. I mean, Magnus, my producer, two for me, too. Swedish. Yeah. Um, Anyhow, so, you're texting me something. I'll let people know as soon as I get it here on my on my uh, mainframe. I'll I'll be sure to mention. Anyhow, Apple. I'm using Apple Send. Apple. Whatever. Apple Dash. Apple, Apple Dash. Dash. And yeah. um, that's a service. That could be a service. It just has to like load up all the images and because they're all like in the, they're in the cloud. It's I called. feel like I got to tell you now. I don't know how this conversation seems to other people, but I feel like I could have this conversation for like six hours i feel like we have six hours worth of stuff to talk about right now josh this has always been true of the josh and chris show i think that's true i think that's true we have we started talking right away and we and we was very easy to talk so although we've had long a long period where we have not said a word when did you start aol what was that what Uh, 2007 so so i've known you since i've known you for eight years eight long horrible weird horrendous years i remember our first conversation we had it was about jogging and uh, I said something like, what are you running from? And I said, I said, I'm scared. Yeah. Well, they say that joggers are running from something. I mean, I'm not running from shit. You know what I'm running from? Being fat and dying mm. of heart disease. That's what I need to do. But a lot of people, a lot of people die while jogging, like have a heart attack. Oh, that sucks. I don't do any physical exercise whatsoever. And I have to say, like, you know, for a person who literally doesn't do anything physical, I feel like I'm in okay shape. I'm, I feel the same way. I, so I, I, feel, I don't But you jog. run. But you run. No, I not anymore. I, could, I don't. Not since I had oh, a kid. Okay. I feel like I could set things off if I just did a little bit of exercise. Like, if I just did, like, a couple of yoga sessions a week, I might be, like, a, like a Brad so lost, Pitt-style Adonis. <laughs> I've always thought that about you. I've lost 30 pounds since we had the baby. And here's how I did it. So, number one, I found out I had the, I had the heart health of a 90-year-old smoker. Oh. So that that was good news. Well, that you've was, been smoking for 90 years, so that's not surprising. I'm also 90. So yeah, I guess. <laughs> so this starts to make You're sense like, when actually, you break it down. Actually. Um, so I, I, step one was diet. Mm-hmm. And my diet wasn't terrible, but... Red meat? I, I changed... It was all red meat and cigarettes. Is that Was bad? it? Yeah. <laughs> so um, you were so, actually smoking red meat. That's the weird thing. <laughs> <laughs> so I started to... Eat a little better, but the biggest thing I changed. Uh, so we're going to get graphic. Is this a adult rated podcast? Is, I mean, we've said the f word several times. That's not I the think. same as what I'm about to talk about. No, no, this is very adult. I mean, if okay. a kid is listening to this, then like all I can say is you're a cool parent for letting your kid listen to this, right. or uh, you're a cool kid for sneaking around and listening to this podcast. So, so. I, I started. So breakfast is an important meal, they say, mm-hmm. um, and it's important to get high fiber for your BMs. Yeah. So I started eating oatmeal oh, wow. for breakfast. I don't oh, like wow. oatmeal. It's bad. Yeah. Okay. I eat oatmeal for breakfast every morning. Mm-hmm. And I take the biggest fucking shits you've ever wow. seen. You wow. wouldn't. The shits I take, I think, aren't healthy. I think this I should. Brave. This is bravery. What I'm I think I should right take now a picture. Brave. I should save it. Please and I should make, Please. I should please do like don't. a year long, like on Flickr, when you take a picture a day. I should do one of those of just my poops. Shit a day. This is a brave. I was a brave admission. I have to say, this is the kind of thing not a lot of people come on and just. This put is it right why they come there. to this podcast for this. This is item. big. No, no, I'd like to get raw with people, and this is about as raw as you can get. And these poops are so big that wow. no, I'm not even kidding. So straight up, this is you become. Just can I just? I want to interject. I lost people, thirty pounds. People hate when I do this, but I'm gonna. This is what I, to me. This is a conversation. Is you, 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 and another person interrupting one another. Uh. 
You know, I lost my thought. Anyhow, go ahead. You were talking about how weird it is I lost 30 pounds eating oatmeal in the morning. No, no. You said, said oh, I was going to say that when you become a parent, you become much more comfortable with a fecal oh, yeah. conversation of any type. Yeah. I got poop on my hand twice today. Yeah. Like, whatever. It's dark. No, it was actually light, the last one. It was very okay. light. All right. Now we're getting just a little bit was, I don't know, too, adult, too adult. Um, but, no, but anyhow, so, okay, so you believe that this oatmal, this colon you, blow, this colon blow morning <laughs> tradition that you, that you have going on is, is, is improving your health. I think that's improved my health <clears throat> substantially, yeah. Okay. Just regular, what kind of oatmeal are we talking about here? Fucking steel cut, man. Steel cut. Are we doing like an instant situation? It's instant, yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm not making it in the crock pot. I'm not fucking. I'm like honestly, that. I'm not fucking with anything that's not. You can't microwave. Yeah, at this that's. Point. I'm at that spot. By the way, Trader Joe's is not a plug for Trader Joe's. Although if they want to sponsor the podcast, I won't stop them. Unbelievable selection of microwavable foods. I mean, if you are a person with not a lot of time who is impatient and lazy and uh, doesn't really care what their food looks or tastes like. <laughs> You're looking for sustenance that can be heated quickly. Yeah, no, but honestly, they have like the best of the frozen crap you can get, in my opinion. It's not crap. It's very good. So thank, you, back from our thank, you, Trader Joe's. thank you, Trader Joe's, for that sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fleeting, that was a, fle- a flirtation there. It was like, yeah, we were going to sponsor right at the beginning of that 20 seconds Trader ago. Joe's, we make semi-food that you can heat. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. They have a lot of TM. good fake meat, too. Uh, so, so yeah, yeah, either way, that's that's been my health routine for the last 18 months that I've had a human to take care of. And uh, it's been working okay. I poop yeah. a lot. Um, wow. Oatmeal. Wait, so what do you do for lunch? What I, about lunch? I Well, here's the thing about oatmeal that's weird. No. Is that I eat lunch now. Yeah. I just didn't eat before. And oatmeal, yeah. you get, I eat oatmeal at 7.30 in the morning, and now I'm <laughs> hungry as shit by yeah. like 11. 11 o'clock, I'm like, I'll eat, a, I'll eat this baby. Like, give yeah. me anything. <laughs> Starving. You do that thing where it's like from the Cheech and Chong movie where his he starts to look like a turkey. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. like literally what happens. Uh-huh. I don't know. <laughs> so or from like cartoons, whatever it's from. So I uh, and then but I eat dinner early. It's just the whole thing. I think it's basically called the, like eating properly. Yeah, I think that's like three meals a day. Three this whole like meals. it's a pretty radical idea. Three square. See people. People diss the American family, but look at the improvement it's made in your life. It's amazing. I mean, really, when you think about it, you are a Trump supporter for just eating those three square meals. Look, I'm one of the great all-time meal eaters. You're one of the best. You're not a loser like these other people. These other snacks who are just snacking, (laughs) who are are just eating, just eating one big meal in the middle of the day. I do that shit a lot. Idiots, losers, very huge huge losers and dummies, and who knows where what they where they came from. Right. So, so, so even. We've been rapping about stupid shit since 2007 yeah. or eight. Us. Us. Uh, the two us. of us. Yeah, 2007. We've been playing video games and... Uh... I'll never forget when we actually met at this AOL. It was like some kind of weblogs, um, like retreat or powwow. I can't... I don't know what we called it. It was like a uh, thing. Offsite like, or whatever. Yeah, offsite. And we had... A, I flew down to um, Dulles, Virginia, which was the home base of AOL on the AOL plane that they had. Dull ass. Yeah, which the plane left from... Um, T-Nac, it's like maybe T-Nac. it's like T-Nac or something like that. They had their own plane. Uh, and cause that's the kind of excessive bullshit that AOL was doing even up, even into 2007. Yeah. Anyhow, we went to this retreat. I remember you and I met, we, we drank some beers. Uh, I remember just vividly at that retreat, I was telling somebody, one, another editor who, who left, who was booted from Engadget at some point. Um, 
I was going like, do video. We have to do more video. And he like laughed the idea out of the room. Basically he was like, nobody's watching video. It was this thing. I remember like, I think back on it all the time. Cause like, it's like now every time you're in a conversation with anybody in any part of the media world, they're like, dude, it's all about video, video. What are you doing with video advertisers? What's your video plan? Publishers. Everybody is talking about video. Yeah. Anyhow, just a fond, fond memory. We stayed in some hotel. It was like in like a strip mall. I remember. That's the entirety of Dallas. Yeah. (laughs) It's just one big, gross, boring strip mall. Okay. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to take a break. I'm sorry, listeners. I'm going to take a break. We're going to hear this from our sponsors. I'll be telling you about the sponsors of this podcast. And then we're going to come back and we're going to get, we're really going to get into the the nasty stuff. Trader Joe's. (laughs) Trader Joe's. Check it out. How we missed it, no one knows. But now, Nikki Tomlin, a PhD in linguistics from the University of Chicago, is working on deciphering it. With a team of cryptologists at a research think tank called Cypher, linguistics scholar Tomlin is trying to decode a message received from outer space 70 years ago, we think. The Message is the new podcast from GE Podcast Theater and Panoply, which follows Nikki's work. The new eight-episode podcast series will blow your scientific mind. It will also blow your regular mind, just for the record. This new sci-fi series will blur the lines between reality and fiction, just as the famous War of the Worlds radio broadcast did almost 80 years ago. Though, hopefully no one will jump out of a window when they hear this broadcast. Through Nikki Tomlin's reports and interviews, we slowly learn more about what this mysterious message from outer space contains. Are we 70 years too late on deciphering the message? Why did the aliens reach out to us? Where am I? And who's the president? Don't miss out on any of these details. Subscribe to this new modern-day War of the Worlds podcast from GE Podcast Theater and Panoply called The Message. You can do it on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Again, that's The Message from GE Podcast Theater and Panoply. Subscribe today on iTunes or your favorite app. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. You're bad with money. You're bad at investing. Nobody should have ever let you get anywhere near money to invest. But luckily, there's a better way. Wealthfront.com is a better way. You can sign up in just minutes and Wealthfront goes right to work, monitoring your portfolios around the clock and taking action as soon as opportunity arises. It's basically taking all of the responsibility of investing out of your hands because as I've just stated, you're a dangerous investor and you need help, serious professional help, the kind that only Wealthfront.com can provide. With Wealthfront, you pay less than $5 a month to invest a $30,000 account, and you don't have to have much to get started either. You know, you can open an account with as little as 500 bucks. So even if you've squandered most of the money that you had in your poor, uh, haphazard investment tactics, you can still uh, get going with Wealthfront. Tens of thousands of people across the country have signed up already. In fact, Wealthfront manages over $2.6 billion in client assets and has grown over 20 times in the past two years. Go to Wealthfront.com slash tomorrow to see your free personalized investment portfolio. You'll see the customized allocation they recommend for your profile. And just for tomorrow listeners, if you sign up to invest, Wealthfront will manage your first 15 grand entirely free of charge for life. That means in addition to never paying commissions or any hidden fees, you also won't pay any management fees to have that first $15,000 invested. Claim your offer today at Wealthfront.com slash tomorrow. For compliance purposes, I have to tell you that Wealthfront Incorporated is an SEC registered investment advisor. Brokerage services are offered through Wealthfront Brokerage Corporation, member FINRA and SIPC. This is not a solicitation to buy or sell securities. Investing in securities involves risk, and there is the possibility of losing money. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Please visit Wealthfront.com to read their full disclosure. 
Okay, I'm back. We're back with Chris Grant, uh, editor-in-chief of Polygon.com, the greatest SJW site on yep. the internet. Do you guys get a lot of shit? Have you gotten like a... a, a, a has it been... A, yeah. Have you been attacked? Yeah. Not it's, like not like Kotaku, though. It's... No. There's two Kotaku's sites like, that... Kotaku is like the... That's like the fusion reactor of yeah. Gamergate. They, they definitely hear it more, in part because of the sort of, you know genesis the whole thing but but we get like a lot of weird blowback and it's i think it's very notable that you that there are two sites that hear it yeah and that's it like <laughs> you know hey we mean ign isn't getting uh it's weird right that they don't... um i mean yeah. the games the gaming you I, it's always struck me you know um who is it did totilla just write something about being blacklisted yeah Yep. on Kotaku this like the games industry blows my mind because like I've covered technology obviously for a long time we've obviously dealt with gaming companies along the road certainly the verge covers games but like if you're really in the world of of game gaming journalism it is very it is, yeah it, it, it's a very uncool place it's and very, companies are very very uncool they can be very catty yeah. Very punitive. It's like it's like old school magazine, like access journalism from back in the day, like from like when there were, you know, four. It was like Stephen Levy era. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. dawn of tech reporting, where there were these like really cozy, like Walt Walt Mossberg and Steve Jobs were good friends. Like they hung out and knew each other, and like Steve would call Walt and complain about a bad review. Like I feel like that's an era that has basically passed. Well, what's like, there's that gaming is who in the gaming side. Who it, name a single person, any publisher that is visible and, and important and meaningful enough to have that kind of relationship. You don't have a relationship with people. You have a relationship with PR departments right. that have massive turnover, by the way. Maybe there's a like, I need to talk to Jake. They're like, oh, Jake hasn't been Jake's here for three gone. months. Jake was here for six months. <laughs> Jake's Maybe gone. there's like a marketing department that has been there for a while or a marketing VP or something. But like, there, there is no Steve Jobs there. There is no... There are no owners that you have relationships with. And it becomes this very, you know, I think increasingly they struggle with the importance and value of the press. And so, so, you know, I don't know, Ubisoft in, in um, Kotaku's case says we don't need them. Yeah. But it, inversely, the press struggles with wondering why they need access. When Kotaku can break the news on Ubisoft's games before Ubisoft does, right. can go buy their games and so they don't have a review on time, but guess what doesn't do great traffic anymore for anybody? Reviews. Embargo reviews. So like just go whatever. buy it when it comes out or go to Chinatown and buy it three days early anyway. No embargo. Right. No, no, no. I mean, with Fallout 4, I was like bitching because I didn't get my Amazon order. And somebody was like, I've been playing this for a week because the store here just sold it to me. Yep. I'm like, oh, that sucks. I wish I lived there. And that's not terribly hard to find. Right. And so I think like this idea that you, know, you need them or they need you is, is becoming a little out of date, a, a little anachronistic. And so, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, the whole thing well, with Kotaku, like I'm sure there's a lot of different reasons and explanations and maybe they could have done a better job here or not there, whatever. But for the most part, I think it, it represents like a really um, valuable reminder that the way that this industry works today is not the same that needing access isn't the same that burning bridges isn't the same you know ubisoft is notable dan shu in the pages of egm and an editor's letter <clears throat> this is probably back 2007 yeah, i think it was 2007 i think it was right when assassin's creed came out he wrote a piece uh a letter from the editor about how 
they gave a, a Ubisoft game a bad review and they didn't get any more ads from Ubisoft and no more cooperation from them. Like, right. ouch. Like, Ubisoft right. is not new to this strategy. Right. Um, and people applauded it when it was Dan Shu, and now a lot of people are criticizing it when it's Kotaku, so... Well, I think I, I think um, what's interesting is that... Uh, and this sort of goes back to the, the criticism conversation we're having, but, you know, it's it's the gaming industry is, such a, is so monolithic and so built around these um, AAA titles, these, like, you know... I mean, there's so many of I them. I actually disagree with the idea that it's monolithic. I think that there is a huge monolithic part of the gaming industry, but the gaming world is becoming so balkanized way more than ever before because nobody has the answers anymore. Ubisoft doesn't and EA doesn't and Activision doesn't, and they can all be very successful, but there are fewer and fewer big successes every year. Right. And there are more and more middling successes. And for a team of 10 people, that middle success level is enormous, right? Like, you right. go to Steam any day and you see the number of games coming out and the number of really innovative titles coming out that are only hitting a relatively small audience. And you see indie games across platforms and Steam, um, not to mention mobile, which isn't a kingmaker for indie devs the way it used to be. But you still see a lot of really innovative t- Downwell recently, right? Like you see a lot of innovative titles come out. What there. is Downwell? You gotta check out Downwell, dog. I'm not keeping up. What? I get. By the way, I just want to let me just say what I meant by. But also, I got to get back to these. You sent me these um, architectural renderings of your new house, which look amazing. Um, I'm just gonna search for Downwell now. I might as well tell you because you're gonna hear me typing. Um, but but what I meant by monolithic is that like it's built on this. At least the biggest part of it. The yes. most visible part of it, the most, at this point, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the most financially lucrative part of it is built on this like massive apparatus that has been moving in one direction for a very long time. And that apparatus doesn't rely on things like criticism, or it doesn't even care about things like criticism in many ways. You know, like they'll use it when they can use it. Yes. But it really is like brute force. I mean, I look yeah, at like the that's way they... unequivocally ma- correct, yeah. I look at the way they, they sell a game like Halo 5. Now, look, Halo 5 might be the greatest game in the world. I don't really know. I have no... I'd say almost no interest in the Halo games. Uh, I've played several of them. I, I don't really feel anything. I'll say this. I've played all the Halo games, and Halo 5 is definitely a Halo game. <laughs> <laughs> I just hate the the funny aliens that make like noises. These like little like the little like they're like turtle yeah. aliens that make funny say, noises. Ah, run away! Yeah, yeah. That's driving ah. me crazy. Yeah. It's like what are these goofy cartoon aliens doing cold, in this very serious grunts. game about like marines or whatever? At any rate, um, it's just like this. It's just like you know, it doesn't rely on. It's not treated like an art. I think increasingly, and I will say there are games I've played recently that are. I think, and I'm going to say this, and I really strongly believe this, I think gaming is the most interesting, uh, inventive, exciting new art form that exists. I think it's the first new art form that has existed in a really long time. I mean, I think everything else is basically like movies are a version of plays, TV is a version of plays, and theater. I mean, all of that stuff is like kind of leads back to the same place, Um, TV, film gaming there's nothing there's been never been anything like it before and what people are starting to do with it is like it, it, it when you play a game that's really different um the stanley parables one that i think of uh did you play this new game beginner's guide no i haven't played it gone home is one that i think is like un, just like crazy weird and different 
um, and really like kind of cracks your head open when you play those games. You're like, oh, this is going to be different. So, so this is what I mean by that world not being monolithic, being like bigger than ever. And having well, it's more changing. Than ever. It's, like, it's, it's changing. I think right. that's, that's your point. And I'm, I'm agreeing with you. And so like there is this huge AAA world that is becoming more conservative in many ways um, in that they – you know, this is sequels, right? They they have a formula they need to hit, and that deviation from it can be so punitive, so costly. Yeah, it'll literally put your company out of business. Like the bets are so huge, Destiny, right? Yeah. Like the bets yeah. are so massive, <laughs> and that the only way to succeed in that space are these huge bets. You need to have these huge games, better graphics, bigger world, better. When you look at technology. E three, it's like. Every presentation, everyone is like feels so similar yep. now. It's like this, and you know, there. It's like you know, it's like a trailer for the Avengers. You know, the next Avengers. It's all this like fan service. I'll also caveat this to say, like, I like the next Avengers. I'm sure, and like, I like a lot of those games. Did you like the last Avengers? I actually didn't. I thought it was fucking but, terrible. But I mean, I, honestly, I, I like a lot of those movies. And it I was like, like a, two and a half hours of fan service. And I like a lot of those games. One of the games I spent the most time on this year was Arkham Knight, which was a huge. Ma- massive triple a batman yeah. open world game yeah they had a ton of i played it on pc had a ton i played, of I've played a bit of it it's one of the many games i've started that never finished i loved it like i i like a lot of those games but it doesn't mean i don't think that gone home isn't one of the best games in the last decade yeah like i think that what's happening in games and the allowance of the publishing platforms the technology the audience and, and uh, here i'll pat our back the press to find and champion certain games is so powerful because it is finally a way for a lot of those creators to break out of a sort of coverage cycle of AAA only. And that AAA has gotten so narrow that for our business, we actually need to break out of it. We need to find new things that are right. exciting to talk about. Right. Um, but, but but I think you, you, you find, I think in, in all popular media now, there is this trend. I mean, you look at this Adele thing, like in music... Adele's new record, when it came, the week it came out, accounted for, was obviously a huge hit, sold a bunch of copies, wasn't on streaming, but it accounted for, the sales of that record accounted for 42% of all music sales that week, okay? Which is not like, wow, Adele sold a lot of records. I mean, she did sell a lot of records, but it's also like, wow, other people aren't selling a lot yes. of records. Yeah. And increasingly, like, what people are looking for is like the Beyonce <clears throat> secret album or Adele or Taylor Swift. And you're finding these, like, it's this, like, funneling of very, very big, marketable, easy, mass products. And then you've got all of the rest of the stuff, which has been completely like, it's just like, uh, uh, it's all in its own little tributaries their own these own little like these little streams and like they exist and they have following like bands have followings and musicians are like loved by lots of people but they're not selling they're not gonna be blockbusters they're never gonna be blockbusters and i'm not even sure if they're gonna be profitable and so what i wonder is like is 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 all popular is all entertainment moving toward i mean entertainment's actually a shitty way to describe it but like all of the things that the arts let's say that are commercial arts it feels like are moving towards this really weird point where there's more stuff than ever it's more varied and interesting than ever i mean if i look at music or if i look at film and and tv the big hits are bigger yeah and everything else fights for the rest right immediate it's the same in journalism actually it's the same in in, in, in news you know it's like it's like everybody's trying to be 
it's you can either be this like niche little guy over here doing this like you have a blog there's two people that work at it like you write these really interesting articles I once don't think every it's coincidental every that week. when you hear about the companies the media companies that are important that, that are making that are making a change that are impactful and you hear buzzfeed and vice and vox media and you hear the same four or five six companies yeah repeat like who are all who are all like i gotta say increasingly being bought up by much larger like the same media companies i mean you know admittedly i mean as a person who you know helped to build vox and is invested in vox like you know look there's a huge investment from nbc universal or comcast or whatever they're being called at this point uh you know vice is like funded by who you know uh news corp and and a and e uh yeah i mean buzzfeed buzzfeed is comcast there's There's a lot of money going into a lot of those same groups but like that idea is is sound there where there are bigger companies taking a lion's share of the attention right exactly and i I think that's absolutely accurate but it doesn't mean that there's no other way to be heard or that there's no other market for you no absolutely the question is i think in gaming at least um how does that change the industry? Does it change the industry? You know, I think it really like, quickly does for the better. But like, I mean, the, but the big, the big guys, are, I mean, Call of Duty is still going to sell. I mean, there are, I mean, let's just say there are a lot of people who would classify themselves as gamers sure. who are going to. There's also a lot of people that are really into music, that love music, that are passionate about it. They have collections. They have framed records on their wall of Aerosmith. And that's it. <laughs> right. And like, that doesn't mean that they don't love music. They absolutely no, do. No, right. They just love kind of bad <laughs> and, and there are a lot of people who define their love of music by being encyclopedic by being deep but by being maybe in some ways wide and shallow not narrow and deep um and i think you know it's true for gaming too there's lots of different ways that you can enjoy gaming there's lots of people you know despite what some corners of the gaming world say who only play games on their phone who actually think of themselves as passionate gamers right and that the phone is their platform it right. doesn't mean they're stupid it doesn't mean that they're casuals quote unquote yeah. use the pejorative of the day um it just means that that's their preferred platform well this is just an evolving this is but this is so interesting because to me it's like this actually gets to the heart of it not to go back to gamer game but this sort of gets to the heart of that shit where it's like you know what? Gaming is not yours anymore. Like this idea of it, like that art form has evolved to a place where it isn't it's just massive. like guy, it's, it's just enormous. guys who build PCs or yeah. people who have PlayStation fours. Like I'm the guy is, that builds PCs and plays games on it. And like, that's, that's my thing. I love, I'm like so enamored by the idea that gaming is expanding beyond me. Yo, it's like, great. That's it's great. To me, is like the most exciting thing about my job in a decade. I mean, a gone home, a gone home doesn't exist uh, in the old world of gaming, and that's a real. The great I thing mean, about gone home to me is that gone home is a direct descendant. Gone home is a child of the, the AAA world, right? Oh, like, totally. You have a straight shot from Bioshock to Bioshock Two to Bioshock Two DLC, Minerva's Den, to Gone Home. Like that is a. That is a direct lineage. It's not even an abstraction. That's amazing to me that you can have the skill set, ideas, creativity, curiosity peaked, all developed in this process, be converted over, to yeah. be converted into something like Gone Home. And um, I, I think that's a great like analog for what's happening in gaming, is that we've used the scale and opportunity and potential presented by AAA over the course of all these years 
And we've also used that as evidence that we need more, right? We've used right. sort of boundaries of that as like proof that like we need to do something different. We're running up against the edges here. We can't, this doesn't work anymore. Um, and that's, that's like a really powerful idea. Well, it reminds me a lot of, you know, it reminds me of like the French new wave, right? Like Caillou de Cinema and the, the, the young French writers, they started as writers, criticizing uh, film and finding and championing the Hollywood auteurs, your, your John Fords and Hitchcocks, and then emulating that using the technology they had at hand, 16 millimeter film, and creating their own films. And like, they were different, right? They, they weren't the same as the AAA. There was this much different version of it, but it was this very personal interpretation of the values that they saw embodied in big Hollywood films like Hitchcock's. And, and that created one of the most powerful, meaningful, influential, and transformative movements in cinema history. And I, I see something very similar happening in film where we have this opportunity to revisit and reimagine in gaming you mean in ga- oh sorry sorry in gaming we have this opportunity to revisit i've had two beers now um oh, oh it's starting to take effect this uh this opportunity the podcast is going on for another three hours yeah, starting oh, out. Yeah. oh yeah uh this opportunity to revisit and reimagine a lot of what we thought about gaming and like that opportunity for me is so powerful and so alluring and it doesn't mean that those will all be successful in fact i would probably guess that most of it won't be but it is an opportunity to find something different and new using a lot of the language and vernacular that we've built up in right. the AAA world. Right. Um, well, that's, that's I think awesome. that's the, the, that marriage is, is what has made some of the most, I mean, for me has taken me to a place where I'm like, uh, changed by some of the gaming experience I've had. Josh, I want to talk about something really dorky. Okay. So, so we just, we just got like a little like sensitive over there. Yeah, very sensitive. Let's dork out for a bit. I know okay. you can dork out about. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say two, two. I guess they're words. One is a one is not a word. It's a it's an acronym. But okay, Sega CD. <laughs> okay. So I, I've got a small child. Okay. He's he's dumb as rocks. I've heard about this. But I I think he's a cool guy. He's ready and, for the Sega. <laughs> and he loves Sega CD. He loves. He loves. He's blast, playing Snatcher. He loves blast, blast processing. Is what he's into. Um, <laughs> Snatcher, no, so, Snatcher was available. For, oh, I played. This, I finished the Sega CD version yeah. of Snatcher. Actually, it is very expensive. Yeah, but of course, Sega CD runs any uh, burned disc. So if you want to just get in on it, you can. Um, so here's what I've been doing. Andy Bio wrote a piece about playing video games of the sun. He decided, you know what? You have a kid. You might as well experiment on them. So he decided to teach his kid to be. Uh, an elite gamer by starting him on early games using like those plug and play TV systems, like 30 Atari games on right. Atari choice. Played a bunch of those. It got to the point where I want to say his son was like eight or something, and he beat Spelunky. And not 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 the easy beat, but the hard beat, like through hell. Like a pretty <laughs> brutal task. Yeah. That I feel if like you, this could ruin your kid. Pretty if you badly. played Spelunky, I just want to say for the record, I just think this is a bad idea. Okay, if, if you're listening from Dyfus, if you're a cop, you have to tell me. You have to turn <laughs> this off now. Um, so, okay. uh, the here's what I've been thinking about doing: beating Spelunky. Um, so, 
I have a bunch of old consoles and I bought yeah. a bunch of other ones. So yeah. now I've got a whole ton of consoles. A lot of them I'm fixing in various stages of fixing or like modding them to be RGB compatible. I got something called the FrameMeister XRGB Mini. What is that? Would you believe it's Japanese? <laughs> <laughs> if you told me it was, I would believe you. Um, I'm going to tell you about the XRGB FrameMeister Mini. Uh, can we, you, you have a producer, right? So if I send you a link. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You can pause and watch a link. I can do it. I can pause. Uh, this is great because I have literally sitting, um, just so you know, sitting like, where is it? 10 feet from me in my office, I have my Neo Geo. Oh, my The God. actual Neo Geo from like 1986 or 89 or whatever, 91 or whatever the fuck it's from. One of those years. It is definitely one of the years it's from. With like the Jap- massive Japanese cartridges. And I've been, I just pulled it out of a, my garage and I was like, I'm going to get a tv in here and i'm gonna hook this thing up so here's how you're gonna hook it up this is exactly how okay. you're gonna hook did it up. you send this thing to me yeah, i just sent it to on, you on, via um, skype uh twitter dm twitter dm jesus yeah. christ this is really hey, have you heard of twitter Check i'm hearing about it i've heard it's a new thing it's happening Hold so on. i'm watching this video right now okay I'm, we're gonna take a pause so you can just watch the video real quick and it'll get edited out if you're enjoying today's episode, you might want to check out another pretty awesome podcast called Ventured. It's a series produced by iconic venture capital firm Kleiner Perkins, who's invested in Google, Amazon, Twitter, and Uber, to name a few. The Ventured podcast takes a close look at some of the fastest growing tech trends in Silicon Valley, as well as behind-the-scenes interviews with tech giants from companies like Netflix and Google. The podcast episodes cover topics on pressing business and technology issues and the implications to our lives. Some of their conversation topics include the inside story of how Uber built a global business, how Google thinks about hiring management and culture, how cyber hacking is the new global battlefield, and even practical topics for entrepreneurs like tips for surviving a tech bubble. Check them out on iTunes or SoundCloud by searching Ventured. It'll be worth a listen. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So what you're not seeing, dear listeners. Wait, I'm... So RGB is what I'm is what I'm RGB looking at. RGB is the dope stuff. The yeah. middle one is the one that is yeah the this device outputs, yep. or it inputs RGB and it outputs HDMI. Right, which is digital. Yeah. But I mean, so oh wow, you need to get the RGB signal out of your system into oh, the frame Oh my master. god, I got to get my Turbo Duo out of a box right now. Yeah. I think Turbo Duo supports RGB out of the box. So yeah, I don't okay. know, but but uh, but my favorite game ever. My favorite video game ever, uh, maybe maybe favorite ever, it was I played on my Turbo Duo, which is the Japanese, which is Dracula X, which is the yeah. Japanese Castlevania they released for the Turbo. Uh, what do they call it? PC Engine, PC Engine CD. Yeah, Turbo Graphics. Super. Am I miss Super CD? I can't remember because they had these different versions of of the of the PC Engine. They had like a better version that came out. At any rate, right. let's get back. Right. Let's get back so, to what you're So, the whole you're point doing. being is you yeah. can get your old systems. How much not, is this thing? How much is this uh, it's RGB? About 300 bucks. Oh, I'm buying, buying one. XRGB uh, is what it's called? XRGB Mini. Frame Meister. So this is like, I, I want to we're going to nerd out because this is like, I want to talk You have to import it from Japan. It's weird. The whole thing's it's no, weird. It's no problem. You have to get special cables that are custom built on eBay to export no. an RGB signal from your consoles to the, to the Frame Meister. Oh, for real? But... I, I can I can help you with all this stuff. Please do. But once you get there, the image quality on your HD set looks amazing, running off your original hardware. So I've been building this collection, building and getting all the systems hooked up. I'm I'm manually modding some systems like the NES that don't output RGB. Right. So you have to like, it's like a whole thing. You have like, yeah, like yeah, splice some. You have to desolder the graphics chip 
Oh, and then boy. solder on a new board. Certainly, somebody sells a, a, somebody, somebody must sell a version of it. They've soldered. Yes, or but it's just a lot more money. And I sure I'm a nerd. So I like to you get save it. It. You're saving up for all these house renovations. You said, man, uh, that's right. Job. That's what I'm saying. I got to save the, gotta sliding save my sliding black panels or whatever it is. So, uh, so the thing about this Sorry, I'm just is you get these through this right amazing now. systems. And the goal is when Lauren's a little older, four or five or however. Old, you start on Atari. And I've got a bunch of Atari games. I've got Atari that's hooked up with this thing. And then you go move on to NES and right. then Genesis and Turbo Graphics and PlayStation and Jaguar. Yeah, I got Jaguar. I, I uh, have a Jaguar Tempest. somewhere in a box. Tempest 2000. I have two Lynxes. Oh, wow. The you old version one? and the new version. Oh, no, you got to keep both. Yeah. So that's my plan. I got Sega CD. So he's got to play Snatcher. Got to get in there. Snatcher's an amazing game. So that's like the whole strategy here is trying to use my kid as an experiment to make... To what end, may I ask? Here's the, here's the end. Yeah. I worry when I meet kids that are like 10. Yeah. And I talk about video games. They talk about Minecraft. And they talk about Minecraft and Angry Birds. And that's it. And they don't play video games. They don't like a challenge. And Mega Man isn't... Not, not only is it something that they're not fluent in. They don't know what Mega Man is. <clears throat> but I think that that type of game wouldn't appeal to them what is the uh and and more specifically once they're strider strider Strider? that's right uh the new strider is actually pretty good if you is it i don't know i don't what is it like 3d yeah yeah but it was like like strider needs to be like strider i remember when strider i remember i remember when they were what what did they first come out for there was like a japanese there was a it came out on mega drive mega drive there's a mega drive version but it wasn't released in the u.s i think the mega drive version for a while well Maybe for a while it had a had a. It, I think it was like sixty four mega memory on the box. Yeah, it, like it was like one of the, the it was one of the games that was like the cartridge itself was like yeah. special. Yeah, it was a good game. Uh, yeah, but you get like some of that stuff. Like, yeah. I want a kid who can. And Lauren, if you're listening in the future, future Lauren, I'm telling you now. Yeah. If you don't beat Bloodborne by the time you're fifteen, I'll be disappointed in you. Bloodborne is for what? Uh, what is that? That's PlayStation Four. I've never played it. We're building up to that. We're building is it up good? to. Is it good? Oh Should I God. play it? Bloodborne is my game of the year. I don't know, man. I always feel like the games that everybody loves, I don't like. Here's what I'll tell you about Bloodborne. <laughs> I'm not saying that to be. Like, Are different. you ready just, like, to spend eight hours being humiliated, just absolutely no, no. brutalized by a video nope. game? Nope, definitely not. No, <laughs> I, I, I don't have. Play uh, I have almost spiked my controller several times playing. Uh, uh, alien isolation so okay and on easy is, on is easy tough bloodborne is it, it's like it's the same designer developers of dark souls okay it's designed to completely fuck you up i'm um, not into i'm not into games of skill here's really. like I, like here's <laughs> what i like about it so so you have a background in music i actually I, think so bloodborne true. and the dark souls games to me i didn't get them for a long time and somebody explained them to me this way and now i get it I, literally one explanation and it made so much sense to me that I love them now, which is that they aren't normal video games. Think about them as rhythm games, which is that literally the input mechanics require a lot of rhythm, a lot of timing and consistency. Mm-hmm. But also the way that you play most video games, the, the way you play Fallout, your character gets better. You don't get better. You, Josh Topolsky, you don't get better at playing Fallout. Right. Your character, um, uh, who is... Uh, Furiosa Topolsky watering the wasteland. Yes. She gets better. She gets more powerful. Yes. Um, for Bloodborne, 
there is leveling up, but it's a video game. It's a what you're saying is it's a classic video game. But you get better. Like you get better the way you get better at Guitar Hero when you play like, a lot of a but song. Like, like, but like at Galaga, you get better. Yeah, or Pac Man. Right. Those are games where you don't. You don't. The, yes, the levels get harder, but they only get harder to like push you to get better at the thing that you've learned. To so do. by the time you go back to that first level, it's easy. Right. Yep. So like yeah. Bloodborne. That's a video. That's better. like classic video game mechanics. And the idea that. And that idea is like really powerful. And by the time you play Bloodborne and you beat even the first boss, by the time you beat Cleric Beast, you feel so badass. Like that victory isn't the game's victory, it's yours. And that feeling is so rare in video games now, as in wow, I almost make, never get it. You're making me want to buy and play Bloodborne, I have it's, to say. It's this is amazing. amazing. But I will say that I'm I'm sort of a I'm sort of um I don't enjoy games that uh need to humiliate the player to move the to move the game forward because like i actually i think i actually i wanted i wanted to talk when we were talking about like storytelling in games and sort of like the evolution of games you're talking about that bioshock yeah. to to gone home i was thinking a lot about bioshock infinite is that what's called infinite i mm-hmm. always think it's like infinity but it's not is it it's infinite yeah which i thought well, from a storytelling perspective, and you may disagree, but from like as a triple A game, from a storytelling perspective, like when that game ended, I maybe was maybe cried a little bit, but maybe was definitely with like, holy shit, I can't believe this wild, insane adventure and the way it ended up. I felt like I had, I had watched like the best, most interesting movie, but also had played it. Yep. But but but, I was extremely agitated many times in that game. By like how much it needed me to be like also a really great like I like being I like playing a game I don't want to like see cutscenes like right. like quick time events annoy the shit out of me but 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 sometimes there were points in that game where it was like you just made this difficult because you wanted to prove that you were still a video game and I think that's like I don't maybe Bloodborne doesn't feel that way but I think it's a dangerous shitty feeling so blood. Right. So I, I, like, there are definitely, there was one moment when you fight Comstock's ghost, or no, Comstock's mother, something like that, Comstock's ghost. I don't know, whatever the, wait, you think about Bioshock Infinite? Bioshock Infinite, yeah. There's one the, fight the, the, that I, There's impossible. a fight where you're on a ship, and you're running around, like, the edge of a ship. Oh, that part. You're running, you're, it's like the final battle, Yeah, the final I think. battle, yeah. And, and it's, it's just, like, it's, it's like, so tedious. Yep. I mean, it's so tedious. I mean, I remember, because, like, a lot of times Laura will sit, and, like, she'll be reading, and I'll be playing a game. And I just, like, you know, it's like that feeling, I, it brings me back to, like, when I was eight years old playing like the NES and would like spike the controller yep. because I was so like me- a Mega Man feeling or whatever, Super Mario Brothers. So and you're just like, we just like fuck this game. And some of that in those it, older it's, it's games. Really, it really hurts you. Yeah. And some of that in those older games, like some of it was expertise. Some of it was, that was a way of them extra- like extracting longevity and and value out of a game, right? Make it harder, make people work for it more. Right, right. Bloodborne to me and the Souls games in general are that in a in a rough nutshell, but refined to a point where like the difficulty is so um so elegant. The difficulty is so intentional. Your path through the game and your emotional state through the game is so designed like it is not accidental. You are in the exact place and feeling the exact level of confusion. The way that they write the story, the story is almost nonsense. It's like these loose sketches of a story. There is no strong narrative pulling you through it. The narrative is your own. The narrative is your struggle and your battle. And so like a lot of what they're pulling you through on is this sort of like outlines of this thing, which is like a fantasy world or in 
Bloodborne's case, like a Victorian kind of horror world. And that's it. And like everything else is you and how you prepare for certain battles and how you budget your resources and time playing it, how you focus yourself. I'll give you an example. I can't play Bloodborne or Dark Souls at night. I'm tired. It doesn't work. I fail over and over again. If I play in the morning, first thing, when I'm wide awake and I'm fresh, I'm actually pretty good at it. And like, I noticed that enough time, it was consistent enough that I just stopped playing at night. And like, the idea that a game is so dependent on me being up to the task is so unusual for me um, that I find it really intoxicating. Like, I find it like quite like literally alluring i can't play a game in the morning to me gaming with the day with the sun out is like not no you gotta it doesn't gotta fit wake mine. up early it it's the same mine. thing as waking up and going for a run no that's a new that doesn't sound good to me wake either. up and hit old yarnum and kill some beasts that's what i'm talking about i to me gaming is all about a nighttime it's all a nighttime activity it's all about dark being in the dark being so in bloodborne you're you're at night in the dark sure so just play it during the day. You get most of the same thing. It makes no sense. All right. I want to talk about... We actually have burned through quite a lot of time talking about this. There's a bunch... Of, wait, you, there were two things. The XRGB, XRGB and training, training Lauren to be an expert at games from the 90s. Wanted to be a pro gamer. Yeah. Pro gamer. But only at games that are... Well, you want him to be a pro gamer. You just want him to progress through like the evolution of it, which I think is a cool idea. Yeah. I don't know, but I haven't I thought about maybe. that stuff with Zelda. Like... I don't know. I have these two cousins. They were here for Thanksgiving, and they are really into Rub- Rubik's Cube. Is like a thing now. It's like a big thing. Is it really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. Like with kids, like the Rubik's Cube. There are all sorts of variations of Rubik's cubes. There's like huge tournaments. It's like a big deal. And uh, I was like, first, I was impressed. I mean, I heard about this years ago. They were talking about. Well, I was a kid. Just, we played Mega Man. So come on. Yeah, well, they're into games too. But I mean, they definitely right. seem more into Rubik's Cube than anything else. But maybe they're weird. I don't know. But at any rate, uh, I don't think they are. I think they're like, you know, they're they're flowing with the the, the whatever is happening in the world. But uh, uh, I I thought that was very interesting and cool that like a Rubik's Cube could actually hold a kid's attention these days. But I haven't thought about with Zelda like what her relationship i mean i worry i she freaks if you you know if a phone is anywhere near her oh, yeah, she yeah. loses yep. her mind it's like i see like how sad we all are actually through her because she's reacting in an animalistic childlike Here's way a question. So the Zelda way we sees react. you guys she sees yeah. you tweeting and tumbling and yeah. googling and whatever yeah. using your thumbs on your phone yeah when you give her the phone does she hold it up to her ear like she's talking yes. on a conversation yes she does yes she does why if 99% of the time that Zelda sees you with your phone, she sees you using your thumbs on the screen. Yeah. She doesn't see you holding up your ear sure. and saying like, hey, hey, Bob, I need you to process that order ASAP. Yeah. It's not like, I don't, I never exactly talk on my phone. No, I talk on my phone a lot. And I think Laura does too. Really? Yeah. We literally don't get a cell phone signal at our house. Well, she that's almost, a problem. Like Laura almost never sees us on the phone. And um, when he gets the phone, he holds it up to his ear and says, Hello. Yeah. Why? Zelda did that really early on. Like, really early on. She, uh, I mean, I have video of it. I think I put it on Instagram. She literally is like, grabs the phone, and I'm like, hello. And she's like, hello. Like, before she could almost, almost like, she could really not, barely even talk. It's uh, cute, though. It is cute. It's cute as hell. But anyway, I haven't thought about what I'm going to, how I'm going to, you know, train her as far as video games are concerned. I, what I do know is I'm trying to, um, not let her become one of these kids. 
I mean, this is gonna maybe sounds shitty, but I'm trying to not let her be a kid, and and I see the temptation to do it. One of these kids who's like sitting in a restaurant with an iPad instead of like hanging out with their family. Like, I want my child to suffer the same kind of boring yes. indignation that I suffered. I will say this: there are times when the shortcut being like, okay, it's either we leave and like pay the bill now yeah, and get everything yeah. to go, yeah, or you check out some Daniel Tiger on this phone here. I don't, we, we leave. That's, I, I have to say like, I, I, I don't even know that she would give a shit enough. I think she'd throw the phone on the ground after like two minutes. Like, I just don't think she's even that into it. Maybe that's my fault. I don't really know, but she likes looking at pictures of herself on it. That's basically her number one thing to do. She, she also, my mother sent her, she had like shutterfly books made that were like all pictures of Zelda she has several volumes of Zelda books, and she's really into them, which is, I don't know what kind of signal that's sending. At some um, point, by the time Zelda's like a teenager, there's going to be a bookshelf. Oh, full. yeah. I mean, there are so many pictures of her. I mean, I'm sure you have so many pictures of Lauren. I mean, we are taking so many pictures of our kids. It's insane. There's like, I mean, there are a lot of pictures of me when I was a kid, but there are not that many. There's like a, there's a half a decade in the, in the late nineties where there are no pictures of it. Right. Yeah. You just disappeared. That That's not going to happen to these kids. I it's mean, everything, everything's going to be documented. All right. I want to get to this really quick. Cause we, I actually have to wrap up soon, unfortunately, cause we could definitely do an, like a six hour podcast. Maybe we will one of these days. Um, I want to talk about virtual reality. Oh man. I want to talk about VR mm-hmm. because, because I have, um, and I don't know if you played with this at all. Have you played with the gear VR? Yeah. I've not played with the retail version. Okay. I've played with the, um, you know, with the, with the innovators edition. The, the, the retail version is an improvement. Yeah. It's, it's lighter uh, and, and, and there's, nicer. and just seems like there's, I don't know. I didn't check out all the software and in the innovators edition. It seems like there's a, the store is a somewhat more complete and interesting. Yes. So I had, like I said, I had a bunch of people here and I had like my cousins, my two cousins, a 14-year-old and 11-year-old tried on. I had their father try it, their mother try it, my father who's uh, in his 70s, um, a bunch of different people. And except for my father who basically cannot be impressed by anything, it seems. Like he was like, I don't get it, it looks fake. Uh, I mean, he literally like dismissed it right away. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody, everybody else like basically lost their mind when I put them in it. Yeah, my brother, my brother, who's like not nerdy, he's like a you know he's a musician, he's like focused on creating beautiful art. I mean, everybody who put it on was like, oh my god. I mean, one of the kids, it Sammy, is, it's the was, future. He was in it for like twenty minutes straight playing Lands End, I think is the yeah. game, and uh, was just sucked in. Was just like did not exist in our reality. And, and and I find, I have to say, like, I can't believe, like, when I think back to where the Oculus was three years ago, uh, uh, this version that we saw at this, in our CES trailer that was literally, like, had, like, gaffer tape or duct tape on it. And now, I, th- I was tweeting about this the other day, but this, this thing is, like, I know you need to have, like, a, a note or whatever, but it's a $99 thing. You drop your phone into it, and it's really good. Like, it's really, really good. So, so the thing about gear that people don't get is they want to know, how is this different than cardboard? Oh, my God. That's the thing you hear all the time. Like, I have, yeah. I have Google Cardboard. Isn't that yeah. the same? Yeah. No. No. It's not the same. It's not, not the at same all. at all. Not even close. So, Gear has, not only does it have the optics, so it has the actual like, lenses and optics that help make it an experience that is comfortable, but it has, the, it has all of the extra hardware, the, the gyros, the accelerometers, that make the experience 
really super low latency. Yeah, it's super low. And so the latency is that's and and it's a combination of that hardware plus the Oculus software toolkit that all these developers are using to make their game. Right. And those two things working together create an experience that is not mobile VR. It's not budget VR. No. It is VR VR. It's, it's VR. It is, and I have to say, like, yes, obviously the graphics are not going to be like yeah. a PC rig. But that's not what makes but, VR. No, not at all. And actually, the, the, the experiences to me that have been most mind-blowing, weirdly, were the, is the theater experience. Where yeah. they've got, like, you can buy a movie and watch it in a theater. And it's like... When you watch it, a movie in VR and you watch it, it in a theater, you're not watching... A movie on your phone, which feels like you're watching uh, uh, Q David Lynch YouTube yeah. video here. Yeah. Um, you feel like you're watching it on a 70-foot screen. And like you're in a room. Yeah. Like you're in a theater. But like it, it feels so, huge. It feels so like crazy you're watching like this theatrical. It feels like a theater. Yeah. No, it really does. You look up at the ceiling. You're like, oh, that ceiling is really there. It's that far away from me. And like, here's the top of the screen. There's the bottom yep. of the screen. I think it's an unbelievable. I just think like I, I'm I kind of like hadn't paid that much attention to the gear to the whole thing that Samsung was doing. Um, but I put it on and I was playing around with it for just like an hour or something. And I was like, Oh, this just makes everything else that's happening in technology feel. I'm not trying to, and by the way, this is not about like Apple versus Android or any of that bullshit. Cause I have, I don't know why somebody hasn't made this. Where is the Oculus yeah. that you drop your iPhone into? Like, I don't know why it doesn't exist. I, I Samsung paid, you know, decent amount or uh, the partnership well, but it's facebook is, but it's facebook company i mean yeah. i can't imagine they don't want to have everybody in these things i feel like they're gonna make an iphone version they're going to point. they're obviously going to and once that happens then you know we we won't have to have this debate i will say like the the, the oculus store seems to be taken on like it seems to be pretty real and pretty meaningful and i think like it's it, they're executing on a lot of things in the right way i think it's um, just our, our reviewer, Ben Kuchero, who covers VR for us and is super into VR. If you want to have like a VR nerd Sherpa yes, walk you through all the best games and all the best experiences, both on gear and on Oculus, <clears throat> Ben, he has like a, he's, he's a nerd that made you a, a, a playlist. Like a, 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 he made you a mixtape. like a music store nerd. Of stuff that he thought you would like. He'll take you on like an Oculus tour and be like, okay, so check this out. This is exciting because of the way that they do um, jumping and feel like, check out how jumping feels on this one. And you play yeah. it and you're like, oh my God, this is so cool. And so he's like really into it. He's very fluent in it. And um, his his take on Gear VR, the retail version, is that in some ways it will, it can't help but be better than the retail version of the Rift, which is that VR is so... Um, intoxicating, especially when you can share it with others, which you can't do with Oculus. Right. You do a card on your gaming PC. You're, right. you're relatively beefy, by the way, gaming PC. Right. And hook up this thing with wires all over it to it. Like, no. But with Gear VR, you literally pop your phone into this thing that's portable <laughs> yeah. and people are playing it and they're experiencing it. And also VR, you're moving your body and your head. Being portable is important. And the retail oh, rift won't be and, portable. Yeah, and 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 the 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 motion tracking, like the physical, like the being able to like actually spin your body around on this, yep. which you can do, you seem it tracks really well. It's like it's, better than anything I've been in. Yep, that's all previously. About latency. And like people will tell you, it's like John Carmack's crazy magic sauce in the software plus solid hardware. And the hardware is not. 
Yeah, the whole thing about Oculus is the hardware isn't amazing. It's not complicated. It's a right. bunch of sensors, and it's like, you know, it's, it's mobile phone hardware. It's not crazy. Right. Um, but it's the software magic sauce that they put in. And then that's, I think this is in part why there's this ongoing lawsuit between ZeniMax slash Bethesda and Facebook slash Oculus because Carmack started development of some of this stuff. At least, you know, he says it was on his time and hence the lawsuit. Um, well, he was an employee of its software, which is owned by Bethesda slash ZeniMax. Right. Um, but that's the magic sauce. That's like, you know, Oculus went on this hiring spree, Michael Abrash and John Carmack, they went on this hiring spree of brilliant people to make this stuff work. And the stuff that's complicated, when you hear them talk about it, it's not, it's not some crazy, it's not crazy graphics, right? It's all about latency. It's all about right, making right. the image be more palatable to your eye. And so even on a mobile game where the graphics are relatively simple and sometimes like they're better when they're simple, it doesn't matter so long as that input mechanic feels one-to-one as long as you move your head and it makes right. sense. Right. No, I agree. I mean, I feel like that's why, I mean, that's one of the things that's, it's so strange to me, like, you know, the New York times that this project, uh, this VR project, yep. they, they shipped a bunch of cardboards with, I, I mean, I looked at it and I think it's really interesting and beautiful, I mean, it's neat, Yeah, but it, it's not, it's not, it's not VR th- to me. And it's also not the thing that is going to, it's not VR. Uh, not really. And it's not the thing that is going to, make this click for people it's a really breathtaking and interesting experience but 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 some of the games like some of the just the theater that a theater experience i think when when you put people in that they start to recognize the power of it which is this takes you into a completely different place it it really does this thing that paul merlucky said about uh different companies joining the vr space and, and playstation his point was that he's not scared of like a lot of other companies coming in or competing. What he's scared of is somebody coming in and making a bad VR product and nuking the words VR, virtual reality forever, that people try it and they get sick. Like, and that's what you're talking about. You're not talking right. about like, oh, I didn't enjoy it. That wasn't fun. You're talking about playing something and throwing up. Yeah. And like, no, it's, it can be physically really jarring. Yeah. And so like, if you do a bad job and a lot of that comes down to that, that secret sauce, you're going to turn people off to VR forever. And so his that, that that's his fear. His fear is that somebody's going to make a bad experience and turn people off, not that Sony's going to make a great experience and people are going to love it. Like right. That would be I, fine. I think yeah, I think and he's I think he's totally right. I mean, it, it it is still like even with the Gear VR, which is like the latency does feel very low and it does feel very natural. There still is yeah. You know, you you, you it's hard to adjust to it. It takes a little while to adjust. That's to it. an area where Ocu- the retail Oculus Rift is probably going to perform better, um, where it has a screen that is custom designed for that type of uh, stuff. Yeah. And like, you know, I think, but I think the wirelessness of this is really yeah. a huge advantage. I mean, the wires to me, every time I've used any VR setup, to me, it always gets in the way in a, in a major way. And I'm sure they'll, fi- they'll have a solution for it. I'm excited for like, this gets really dorky. Games, I think, are going to be amazing. And games that figure out how to use it are going to be amazing. And they're going to be amazing the way that nothing on this generation of consoles has been amazing to me. This generation of consoles is a better version of the last generation of consoles, but right. does nothing effectively really new. I play 99% of my games now on a Steam machine hooked up to my TV. Uh, really? Not, not a Steam machine branded. I, I Just a yeah. you know One living you room, Windows PC, running Steam. Well, I, should see, I should see if I can just... Um, oh, I guess I could just take mine in the living room. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I, think that's, of it. I feel like all my That's where I had it set that. up before, but it's such a pain in the ass. I'm sorry. I just think that's such a clunky... The Steam offering is so clunky. Here's what I use. I use a portable Logitech keyboard trackpad thing. Uh, the batteries last like four months. Just the words you're saying to me right now make me want to just uh, start crying. I, I honestly got, I think using like a lot of the different set-top boxes with all of their custom apps and their custom interfaces, it's actually way harder than just grabbing a portable keyboard and using your thumb on the trackpad. You want to listen to Spotify? Click the Spotify button in the taskbar. I mean, you're talking about... You want to load look. Netflix? It's called Netflix.com. You go to it in your browser. You're describing a computer. It's a, that's exactly, it's just, it's I a, just use just Windows. A computer. And I think it's, I think that's honestly, I think it's, I've had set-top boxes. I've had every set-top box. I've had every game console. And I think, honestly, God, just having a Windows computer hooked up to my TV makes so much more sense to well, me. There's no, than, there's no question. I mean, there's no question that, that having uh, the complexity and flexibility of a PC is superior in almost every way. Where it's not superior is in simplicity. Yes. Right. Like it is not well, a simple. So, it is not a simple machine. So my girlfriend doesn't give a shit about set top boxes or video games or, like that stuff is noise to her. It's a it's annoying, and she would load up a different console and be like, "So how do I do Netflix on this? Is that right. the same thing or whatever?" Right. Right. She gets the PC. I never had to explain a single thing to her. Well, I think, but you know, consider for most people, like you're a special case. Most people will buy like the Xbox or they will buy the PlayStation, and then that will be their portal. Period. Yeah. They're not going to have like also an Xbox and also an Apple TV and also a okay, Roku. So, okay, like so, I have, I have like literally like a right. Roku and Apple TV and Xbox so, and PlayStation so that is and like a good two point, other things. Where like in my case, my girlfriend has to deal with like thirty. Yeah, you're an annoying person portals. to be around. Trust me. When it comes to that, okay, that's fair. Normally, you're lovely. That's fair. No, but I'm the same way. I'm like, it's like, oh yeah, here's the here's the four things you need to turn on to make this happen. Yep. But so for me, like the Steam box is really simple. Just that you. Turn the TV on. You turn the receiver on. You click the the trackpad, and it just it's just Windows it's desktop. Just, a computer, just right? load up whatever you want to look right. at, and it's there. Yeah, um, and it makes it simple. But I mean, for gaming, Steam is great, and everything else. Um, I, I have it up in my office now on a Steam Link, and it runs on wireless up to my office beautifully. So I can play Fallout up here. I just spin no my latency? desk around. How's the latency? It's 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 like twenty milliseconds. It's nothing. You can't really? even notice it. Yeah. Hmm. Um. That thing works amazingly. It's really great. Uh, it breaks about once every three weeks because Valve updates something on Steam. Yeah, see, this is this is it. Yeah, man. That's you're Valve. getting right into it. It's yep. like, oh, there's a driver update for your car. It's not your driver video. update. No, but I'm just saying, like, that's the kind of thing that happens. It's like, oh, there's yeah. some new GeForce drivers, and the next thing you know, you're yeah. like down some weird rabbit hole. You're like, how come the interlacing is off here? It, it's not so weird. The problem with the Steam Link is quite literally that Valve has bad QA. And so they push out an update. They update Steam a lot. They'll push out an update that breaks it for certain computers. And then three days later, they realize it and they push out another update that fixes it. And like, you just have to get comfortable with this idea that Valve, we can talk about Valve and how weird their corporate structure is. Valve is this weird experimental anarchic company that refuses to like organize. And the cost of that, the benefit of that is that they make some of the best games of all time. They have this massively successful lucrative popular gaming platform steam the downside to it is like maybe we're not super awesome at qa <laughs> like maybe qa is tough for us yeah um well i mean they look they've i mean everybody's got their yeah everybody's got their whatever i don't know their their negative side i i think i think that they've contributed more to gaming than 
I mean, almost anybody in the last decade. Um, I'm willing to deal with their bad QA. Yeah. My point. I mean, listen, I, I mean, on this, you know, but then there's like, I, I just have to say the Steam experience, the whole thing is like, it, it, it's very uneven if you just want to play. Like, I think it's very uneven. Some games, it's like, this is perfect. This is great. I've had tons of problems just trying to like get games started. I want to, here's what I'll say. Yeah. I want, I want to help make this better for you. Okay. I want to take this on as like my personal really? cross to bear. Really? Yeah. Is this for a later at a later point? Or are you going to say something now? It's going to change everything. This changes everything. Uh, <laughs> the moment. I just think I, you know. I think it's a great experience. Like for me, Steam has made gaming more exciting to me in the last two years. I've been basically playing exclusively on Steam because, like, that's where a lot of the innovation is happening in gaming. It's no, not happening on the variety of anymore. games is much better. I mean, it's way cooler. There's so much weird shit going on. There's, uh, yeah, bingo. There's weird shit happening. And like, There's just like crazy, strange, awesome things yep. occurring there. It would never happen because you've got to go through these like with all like, on like, you know, Xbox. You like all these gates and all of these I think checks Xbox and all this. And PlayStation want to be cool. Yeah. And they they don't know how. Well, they had. They need to basically have like a sandbox where you can like yeah. you know do beta, do beta games. Yep, they're think, sort of starting to do it a little bit, but not I think really. PlayStation is doing a better job of it in general than than Xbox. But like in general, like they're just it's not. I don't know. Like if you want it, just go right to the source and get 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 the shit uncut. Like yeah. go to Steam and just get it. Well, it'd be nice if it were that easy for most people, but it's not. And they haven't really come up with a solution well, where Steam it's like machines plug-in. is theoretically the solution, right? Get a system. Well, there, but there's no plug Windows. and play there. I mean, there really isn't. But if you so if you've used like the actual like you know Alienware Alpha Steam machine, it is plug and play. Like you turn it on, it just boots into Big Picture. It is console simple. There's downsides to it. It runs Linux, and it is stable, and you don't ever see Linux. But there aren't that many. Game, at least well, yeah, the games speaking. are made for PCs. I There's mean, not that many games that have Linux compatibility. So no, like, this is, but this is the, that's the thing. It's like a really cool idea. Yeah. But I got news for you. Like none of those games are going to come to Linux. Or they do. You'll find like I think Alien Isolation came to Linux. Okay. Just, yeah, but like just a year Linux after, six months later, eight months, right? Yeah. No, no. I'm saying, but the, in the most innovative, yep. nobody's going to nobody's going to do like you know what's a game that like I know TC plays Rust is a game that he's talked to me Rust about. I think Rust is on Linux. Maybe it is. Okay, but like there are other games where it's like I where are you going to focus those your games attention? Are like, you know, I think yeah. some of those games are like if it runs on Daisy, Unity or something. Daisy. Daisy, I don't think is on Linux. Right. That game, by the way, the, that is the craziest, buggiest experience of anything I've ever played in my entire life. And there was so much hype around it. And I like got in and I'm like, I have no fucking idea what's supposed to be going on here. And this thing's crashy as hell. Like the crashiest game I've ever played in my entire life. The thing about games like that, yeah, yeah, I would include Minecraft here. It's a, you know, a kind of experimental PC game that took off. Is that the PC world allows you this the lowest barrier to entry to just go make a weird fucking thing, yeah, and do it. And so Rust is this weird thing. My favorite thing about Rust, one of the weirdest social experiments. Speaking about social experiments on human beings, like uh, forcing my son to play Sonic CD by the age <laughs> of seven, um, is having uh, in Rust you you start and you are your gender your size, your race, and even things like for if you are a man, uh, your penis size, or if you're a woman, your breast size, is um, randomly generated and is tied to your Steam profile, so you can't ever get away from it unless you were to literally buy the game again on a different Steam account. Um, I got to play this game. And that idea of like... 
What well, some thirteen-year-old white I'm Google kid this right now? I'm uh, this. I just want to see more information. Becoming, you know, I don't know, an elderly black woman and being like, "Wait, what the fuck? That's not what I would have picked." And it's like, "Well, that's who you are in this game. That's how you exist from now on." So, like, get used to it. It's like this fascinating social experiment. When you read about some of the backlash that they've had in the forums, which is uh, can be pointed. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I think I haven't checked in on Rust in so long. I get the impression that the community has like embraced it now. That is the ga- that is the game. That is how it works. So Rust is Rust is basically like just so I'm understanding it. I'm just clicking on some information about it right now. I've looked at it before, but I never really looked that deeply into it. Rust is sort of like off the back of Daisy, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, Survival based. It, it's like and it's like ultra. Like you don't have shoes. Yep. You don't have. You start naked. A shirt. Yeah, you start buck naked, but you're in but you're in some kind of apocalyptic hell world. Just to be clear, yes. And I think they've they've even tampered that down. I think the original versions of Rust and they they changed a lot. Like they literally changed like the engine and the way it looked because it looks pretty bad to me. It had zombies and stuff before. Oh, right, they don't have zombies anymore. I think it. Again, I haven't checked in on Rust in so long, but I think they do. But it's like downplayed. I think it really is about like people versus player versus player. It very much yeah. is about like. You're in a wasteland, and yeah. the scariest things aren't these zombies over here. It's like these other players, right? And you, and have you can like they you want. can like kid you can like kidnap people. Yeah, and right? you're building fortresses and defenses, and you're gathering materials, and you're and there's persistence on these servers. So you have a server you play on, and you have a giant fortress, and you're recruiting people, and it's yeah, it's, this, this can't be good. This can't lead to anything good. It is a but I will say I find Rust really fun to have, and, and this is like. It seems cool. It looks pretty cool. So I mean, I have this benefit. If, if TC plays it, ask TC to give you a tour. It's great when you have a Sherpa to take you through it. Ask yeah. somebody to like... I don't have time for this. I mean, I honestly don't. You know, this is the thing. Like, this this is a game I need to invest time into. What I'm saying is don't invest any time. It, it's a game that you invest dozens of hours into. What right. I'm going to suggest instead is invest one hour into right. it. I'll do and it. that one hour is like... Have somebody who's in there who is on a server that has stuff. They have a fortress. They have a house. They have whatever... Start the game. They can show up. They can throw a bunch of items in your inventory so you can clothe yourself and have a weapon. And then they can give you a tour. And, you know, you're on Skype or you're on Vent or you're on Chat or whatever. And that person can walk you around and show you that world on that server and what's happening. And you can get into some, go get into some mischief. Be a rascal. Have fun. You've got somebody who has your back. Having having somebody walk you through it in that way, and literally just it's it's video game tourism. Have them show you what Rust is. I'm not saying come back and play for five hours a night for a month, but you will learn a lot just by having a one hour, you know, a one hour uh, guided uh, tour. Guided tour, yes. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to wrap up here. Unfortunately, there's so much more to talk about. I, there's so much, so many things we didn't talk about. I want to let's wrap. Let's do a quick. Rapid fire here, okay. You, mean ra- like you already said your you already said your game of the year is Bloodborne. My game of the year is Bloodborne. I we're like I'm playing through a ton of games right now in parallel, like a gross amount of games in parallel. What else is good to you right now? What is great? What are things that people should play if, if they if Man, they want to play you great play, games? So so big ones. Play Metal Gear Solid Five. It's amazing. I've started playing it. I can't I'm sorry, any game I feel like any so game weird. where I ride a horse, I'm it's, just like I lose interest in. No, Metal Gear Solid Five is so, it, like like Witcher Three. I hate all the Witcher games so much. I can see how you can hate Witcher. Metal Gear Solid Five is the weirdest <laughs> fucking game. It's like, a strange it is a strange game. It is fucking bizarre. Like I will say Embrace like, the I, weird. N- embrace nothing the, about that game makes any sense to me. Yeah, that's right. 
Well, it's like, a, like, it's I'm brave. like, what, is this a funny game? Is it a serious yes. game? No, it's very serious. It's about nuclear war. It's very serious. I very don't know. Serious. The acting, the also, acting, the writing is like crazy. Also, stupid. super funny. Yeah. Also, like wink, wink, wink. It's, it's very Japanese. Funny. It's it's the the weirdest thing, and it's like amazing. Um, Fallout Four. If you like Bethesda you know games, I, you know I love Fallout. Okay, it's like you're it, just do that. You're gonna love it. Um, here's a great game that you should that you can play on your it works on iPad or iPhone. You can play it with friends if uh, it's on steam you can play on your tv if you have that it's great with like a group of friends contradiction the all video murder mystery that's the actual <gasps> name of the game what it is an fmv murder mystery and it has the cheesiest acting but it's cheesy in like the wink wink way right so it is self-aware it is a lot of fun and it's like know, five bucks or something um it's a really fun old school style fmv mystery game and i'm really just enjoying the hell out of it um okay there's a game called Magic Circle, which is very short, uh, very much in the sort of Bioshock realm, and it's very much basically a game about what if a game like Bioshock took really long to make, and the person who made it made a different game, and you are inside of that other game, and you're Wait getting out. Good like Google in this, right? Magic now. Circle is like, I haven't finished it yet, so we'll see how it ends, but like, I'm really enjoying it. It's only like four hours, I'm like two, two hours in, three hours in. Um, Beginner's Guide is another game follow up from um, follow up from uh, Stanley Parable, which you mentioned before. Beginner's uh, Guide, I gotta play which that. I highly recommend playing. Which again, not very long. Is it uh, is it available on uh, on consoles or is no, that PC only? No, PC only. Yeah, the best stuff is PC only. Really, I'm telling the weirdest you. stuff. Um, uh, Her Story, which is another FMV style game uh, where you are trying to solve a mystery by interrogating a woman. And you're only looking at the police tapes of the interrogation and playing them back and oh. trying to keep track of what they're saying or what she's saying. And like, it's a, it's hard. I don't want to like spoil anything. So don't spoil it. Explain, that sounds really good. It's really good. And, um, it's very different, very unique. That's PC only too. Uh, but definitely worth playing, worth your time. Um, Bloodborne is my game of the year. Uh, I'm pretty sure. I'm not going to find a game I like more. I'm playing the DLC right now, Old Hunters, and I just, I love everything about you that really, game. You really like that game. I really, really, really like it. Um, what's, it what's, go ahead. And, uh, what else am I playing? I have one other, because I have, I have another okay, version of this. What else you got? Well, uh, uh, absolutely horrible games that people should avoid. Oof. Man, it seems part, like there's a lot of games. Like, I really want to play that new Star Wars game, but yeah. it's not good, is it? No, I, I so we, I'm, I think the early buzz on it was that it wasn't going to be good. Our review is really solid. I think we gave it an 8 out of 10. I think a lot of people basically said, uh, Chris Plant at The Verge, uh, the way he put it was like, it's like Dad Rock the video game. And like, there's a way to get into that. It's it's Star Wars and you shoot stuff and it's big levels and it's a lot of fun. And it, looks, like, it looks pretty It's looks pretty amazing. beautiful. If you're into that, like, then that's your game. And yeah. like, you just have to know that that's what you're into. Right. Um, I would say this, the new Call of Duty some of the reviews were really good. Ours wasn't. What's it called? Uh, Black Ops 3. Yeah, whatever. I mean, Call I, of Duty's like, I'm sorry. I bought the last one. I didn't finish it. I got halfway through. One was Kevin Spacey. Is that a Call of yeah, Duty yeah, game? I, I, I was really like, I was like, like, yeah, it's a Call of Duty game. Some, some kind of I usually like Call of Duty games. I, I do. No, they're, like, they're amazing. Like six hours of yep, like full throttle. In, like you're fun. like you're playing, you're living like an action movie. You're in a Bruckheimer movie. Yeah. yeah like, and it's fun. It's really fun. I've just gotten to a point where like, they need to do something more. And I think the last game, Advanced Warfare, was really good. A lot of people said it was one of the best ones in the series. I couldn't even finish that one. And that was one of the best I ones. Think I, 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 I think I finished that one. That was the one that was like set in the future, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. And so Black Ops 3, like, I just haven't gotten around Wait, to it. But that's not the Kevin Spacey one. That was the one for previous. And I just it. don't have the enthusiasm for it. So I'm going to skip it. Um, yeah. Halo 5, I played about six hours of it. It's a Halo game. Yeah. I'm skipping it. Like, I'm I'm done with that. Um, I would say another game that's actually really surprising that a lot of people might not have been looking forward to playing, but should. Rock Band 4 is a really good version of Rock Band. If you like Rock Band and you want to play more Rock Band. But Guitar Hero Live is a game that most people, I think, were ready to laugh at and is, in fact, a really great reinvention of the rhythm game. Is this the one that has, like, changed the controller so it's actually more like playing a guitar? It's, I don't know if it's more like playing a guitar, but it does feel like you're playing chords a little more. Right. It is the, uh, de- the developer's freestyle games behind DJ Hero, which yeah. was, like, a really great, really... Un- actually, I shouldn't say it was unsung. It was very well sung when it came out by critics. It didn't sell at all. Um, they made Guitar Hero Live... It is a really great rhythm game. It is a lot of fun. It's great for parties. It's great for pick up and play. The Guitar Hero TV system, where it basically has channels that are just playing music all the time. So you just mm. turn them on. You don't own the songs anymore. You just like turn on play songs that are happening. Oh, that's a good um, idea. It the is, song thing became a little overwhelming. I it think. became overwhelming. And that's what Rock Band did. Rock Band 4, if you have a bunch of those and you own them and you want access to them again, you can get it. But Guitar Hero Live, to me reduces and removes a lot of the anxiety of like owning and managing that library right right. that's Um, good that's interesting and they just did a great job the hardware feels great the game is really smooth it's a lot of fun it's very goofy um i i really enjoy it and i think a lot of people if you liked rhythm games i think you would really enjoy that one uh here's another great one jackbox party pack 2 it's a it's a pc game i think it's out what is that what is that The, the company that made you don't know jack they oh, make no. a bunch of party games and you can play it on your living room, hook up your laptop to your, to your computer or to your TV. Um, and people can play. So you're, you're playing, you know, on the computer, the way your controller though is your phone. You go to, uh, what is it? It's, it's like jackbox.tv and you type in like a four digit alphanumeric code. And then you're, that, that's your controller in the game. So you could have, 24 people over for your thanksgiving party and have for some of those games i think all of them could play but for a lot of them it's like 8 to 16 all playing the game at the same time and playing on their phone and they're writing in it'll be like come up with a punchline for this for for one of the games and you write it in um that is like one of the best party games i've ever played especially in larger groups wow wow it's a lot of fun this is quite an endorsement it's not cheap oh it's a it's like as far as endorsements go, like if you need a game in your back pocket for for group play, <laughs> that is, is one. you is should it? get that one. Yeah, like it's all right, open. all right. I mean, I don't usually do a lot of group play, but this sounds like you just have five more people over. You if, I have like have an, if I have like an emergency, oh no, these are not people you could get to do anything in a group. It's so easy. I mean, you can get them to eat in a group. That's about it. Okay. That's about the extent of it. All right, look, we got to wrap up. I'm sorry. I mean, there's so much more to talk about, but we're going to have to do this again, I think. Maybe next time you can, you'll can, you be in New York. You, if you come to New York, we could go into a studio and do it. I'm in New York. I'd love to see you. I'd love to see Man, your December's face. December's rough because yeah, no, holidays, you're not going to be around December. But I'm around-ish. Yeah. Uh, but it'll probably be after December, I'm yeah. guessing. Well, um, but anyhow, thank you for doing this. Thank you for joining me uh, late, late on a Saturday evening. Um, this is what the listeners don't realize. Uh, we're two totally cool grown men, and this is what we do on Saturday night. This is it. Uh, listen, I don't know. There's no. I don't. There's no. I don't do anything for fun. I mean, very little. Game. I play games. 
I mean, what's fun to me is the stuff that I make in like the real world. Yeah. Like that, that is the, like, I actually found a job that I think is as fun as anything that I might do otherwise. I like drinking. And drinking, obviously drinking and making love. Yeah. Long tantric love making sessions. Right. Which a lot of people don't know about me. Sting and I have quite a bit in common. Um, Anyhow, okay, that's the show. Chris, thank you for being on it. Uh, You have to come back. And, uh, And of course, we'll be back next week with more tomorrow. And until then, I wish you and your family the very best. Although uh, your family is all jacked into an Oculus Rift right now, and they're never coming back. 